Does this thing work? Oh, yeah. What is this stuff? This is a bunch of junk that reminded me of Elton. But I want to burn it because I am so over him. What's the... All right. Do you remember when we were at the vow party and the clog knocking me out and Elton ran and got a towel vice to cure me? Yeah. Well, I didn't tell you at the time, but I took the towel home as a souvenir. <laughs> You're kidding. No. <laughs> and then... Do you remember that song that was playing while we danced? Remember that? You know, the rolling with the homies? Um. Anyways. Anyways, I got the tape right. I listened to it, like, every single night. <laughs> Don't burn that, okay? Ty, I'm really happy for you, but what brought on this surge of empowerment? It's like, I met this guy who's so totally amazing that he makes Alton look like a loser. That is so great. <laughs> look, you've got to help me get Josh. Get Josh what? You know what I mean? I like him. Do you think that he likes you? Yeah. How do you know? Like, little things, you know? Like, he always, he finds some sort of way to touch me or tickle me. Ooh, and do you remember the time at the frat when I was totally depressed and he asked me to dance with him and he was really flirty? You okay? Yeah. Oh, uh, actually, I, I was really bad today. I had two mochaccinos. I feel like Ralphing. I know exactly how that feels. Like the other day, I was talking to Josh and we were discussing the difference between high school girls and college girls. See, college girls wear less makeup on their face and that's why guys like them more. A tie. do you really think you'd be good with Josh? I mean, he's like a school nerd. <laughs> what, am I some sort of a mentally challenged airhead? No, not even, I didn't say that. What, I'm not good enough for Josh or something? I, I just don't think you mesh well together. You don't think that we mesh well? <laughs> I was like, why am I even listening to you to begin with? You're a virgin who can't drive. Oh, that was way harsh, Ty. All right, look, I'm really sorry. Let's just talk when we've mellowed, all right? I'm Audi. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 249, Clueless. Finally taking us to bright and sunny California in the 90s. A little bit of a change in tone from the last episode. Yeah. We always have a little pre-show pep talk, and I was building myself up saying, I know how to pull the strings. I know when to do certain kind of episodes, when to dodge, when to weave. Yeah, just a master manipulator, I would say. (laughs) So 
We go from The Greatest October, a lot of horror stuff, to a pretty dark movie, and you were never really here. So it's time to brighten things up with, I'd say, the definitive teen movie of the 90s, the one that led to the second surge, I think. Yeah, that's right. Really kind of formed what would be my dialogue for the rest of my life. Things like I'm Audi, (laughs) (laughs) which I say when I leave here. Yeah, and you're always saying as if. That's right. <laughs> Yuck, as if. In addition, we also have to have a little discussion. Like, Matt, please, Uh-oh. no more horrible jokes. But that Real never talk. seems to stick. No. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode That's is like, right. oh, God. Okay, as always, follow the show on Twitter, at Greatest Pod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Podbean. Please take a moment of your time to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening and enjoying the show, that's really all we're asking right now. Yeah. No Patreon. Not yet. Free podcast. Yeah. Just give us a rating and review. That's all we want. Some talk of a Patreon. Yeah. We're in the early discussion phases. <laughs> the saddest Patreon right. in the history of Patreon. Request a sticker. An update from last episode. I will be attempting international shipping. So that's yeah. on the table now. Yes, let us know if you'd like a sticker. All our fans down under. Hit us up on Twitter. You can do a listener request on Twitter as well. Slide into the DMs. And find us on Letterboxd, Zach1983, and Matt Crosby on there. We're constantly checking in things. Yeah, I'm trying to keep a steady pace. Anyone who's been following me on Letterboxd probably sees that my pace has slowed dramatically because I've had to go back into the office and it's horrible <laughs> and I can't watch as many movies per Life day anymore. Life is hard, yeah. <laughs> I get it. So I'm not going to hit a 1,000 after all. Big disappointment. I'm not counting you out yet. Yeah, December's going to be huge for yeah. me. <laughs> all right. We're talking about Clueless, which I mentioned in the Romeo and Juliet episode from earlier this year. Wow as one of the definitive, most influential 90s movies. Obviously, we were coming of age a little bit in the 90s, so those movies like loom large. Definitely. But it seems like movies like Clueless would come out, do reasonably well, but have this cultural impact that would seem enormous. Absolutely. I but it like never was... happens now. No, I know. That seemed to be like peaking in the 90s, that type of effect. When you go back and you look at this, Clueless made $56.6 million on a $12 million budget. You're like, okay, that's pretty good. Nice little profit. And yet, I could say that about any number of 90s movies. Pretty good profit, pretty decent. And yet, when you line them up, you would think these were the biggest movies ever at the time. Yeah. They just seemed so big and important. I don't really know how to explain that's that. That's true. When I think of Clueless, I do think important. It just had an imprint on... The culture that I don't really see many movies today replicating. The way people talk, the fashion influence, the influence on other films. Scream would be like another great example. Mean Girls. That's 2004, I believe, or three. (laughs) Carried into the 2000s a bit. I would say Mean Girls is heavily influenced by Clueless. That's what I think, too, yeah. Clueless was written and directed by Amy Heckerling. Oh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, this was her return to the high school world. That's a pretty awesome feat. She has two of the definitive teen movies from two decades, over a decade apart, really. Clueless came out in 95, Fast Times 82. 
In between, she did some other stuff, including Look Who's Talking and Look Who's Talking 2. Okay. Not a little really bit of a strange departure from the high school the world. Greatest yeah. things ever. Right. Yeah. Her career's interesting. She's now transitioned more to directing TV. I believe she did some of the Red Oaks episodes. And she did create the Clueless series, right? I think she's credited as a creator because just because she did the she movie. wrote and directed yeah. this. I think okay. she directed some of the episodes too, All so right. she was involved. Yeah, yeah. I remember the series well. She also directed Loser. Remember that movie? I Jason do remember Biggs. that. Yes. I actually wanted to rewatch that in preparation for this. Is it, but that's I actually. A, there's some like darker elements to that movie. Isn't Greg Kinnear in that? Oof, I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> Everyone in the cast of Clueless for the most part, would be launched into stardom. This was like a big jumping off point. Alicia Silverstone got like this huge $10 million overall deal to be in movies. I would say that her career... It kind of, they were flops though, right? Yeah, for the yeah. most part. I remember she was in like Excess Baggage right. or something like yes. that. And Batman and Robin. Oh yeah, it was Batgirl. <laughs> they weren't all winners. She had been in stuff prior to this. She was in a couple of jailbait movies. babysitter. Yeah, The Babysitter and The Crush. Yeah. Which were eerily similar. Right. <laughs> Although I think The Babysitter might have came out the same year yeah. as Clueless. But The Crush was definitely weird because she was underage and like Carrie Elways was That's like, right. Dude. Yep. That's yeah. a nice double feature. <laughs> we recommend that. I think I do own both movies on Blu-ray. Yeah. Okay. Which is sort of creepy. Something you're not ashamed to admit on this show. Well, I was definitely in love with Alicia Silverstone all throughout the 90s. Oh, yeah. She was the it girl from the Aerosmith music videos. Absolutely. Which are still highly entertaining. (laughs) If this was the early days of the podcast, that would be an episode. Yeah, just the Aerosmith 90s music videography. Like the crying music video. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Stephen Dorff, Alicia Silverstone. And Liv Tyler. No, that's the crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was sort of weird that Steven Tyler's own daughter was in the crazy video. Yeah, kind of being sexualized. Yeah. Yeah. The 90s were a different time. Absolutely. Clueless is loosely based on Jane Austen's 1815 novel, Emma. Yeah. And that's about the extent of us (laughs) talking about that. We could go into the comparisons, but we're not going to really... Reimagining classic literature doesn't usually work out this well. Well... 10 Things I Hate About You is like Shakespeare and stuff. Yeah. They would do like these modern I said doesn't usually. Obviously, every once in a while, you capture lightning in a bottle like Clueless and 10 Things I Hate About You. It's the perfect blend of a romantic comedy, a teen movie, a coming-of-age story. It had a huge influence on the teen movie run that was to follow for the rest of the 90s into the early 2000s. But at the same time, it's a satirical film. I think that you can sometimes forget that because the character of Cher ends up being so likable despite how she's written. (laughs) Part of that is the appeal of Alicia Silverstone who becomes a movie star in this moment. She's cute, she's fun, and she seems happy and nice. And good nature, like good-willed. She has good intentions. It's an interesting character because on the surface level, she's written almost as a villain. Yeah. But that's not how it's played, and that's not how it comes off. Right. I mean, even her presentation on the uh, the Hadeans, <laughs> she says it. Yeah. That's pretty insightful, I'd say. Yeah, she does have some weird moments. 
in the movie, but she usually understands when she's wrong. And then the whole story is basically her self-improvement and becoming a better person. But she sticks her nose into other people's business. She does things that they don't really want at first. Like she forces a makeover on Ty. Yeah, her attempts at playing matchmaker aren't necessarily welcome. Yeah, she meddles in other people's lives. She does say in reference to her housekeeper, she doesn't speak Mexican. Oof. When the woman herself isn't even Mexican. Not that that would even oh. make it better. Yeah, there's certainly some lines of dialogue in this movie that viewed under the 2021 microscope. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. No, there's a couple words that probably are frowned upon. There are definitely some gigantic think pieces where we have to like wring our hands over this movie. Oh, yeah, come on. Even though I do think that by 95 standards, it was pretty progressive about certain topics in sure. a way that teen movies usually wouldn't be. And that's probably because it was written and directed by a woman. <laughs> when a character is outed as gay, it's just sort of accepted and we move on. It's that's not true, yeah. Some it's big just thing. a fact of life. And it's unique in that it allowed Heckerling the opportunity to showcase the women just as much as, or more than the men. There was some shopping this around at different points, different studios where the feedback would be tone down the women and write more men in. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. Most of the men do seem like dolts in this movie. Well, it's just that they're not the focus. Yeah. I don't think that the women in the movie seem like geniuses either. <laughs> I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, I don't know. Because she's satirizing the in crowd, the popular people, the superficial people. I think D is uh, pretty sharp. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There's some moments. <laughs> I think that the movie would probably be viewed differently if it came out now, just because we're in the era of the quote-unquote Karen, Uh and the white privilege vibes of this movie would probably be taken differently. People would be like, this is disgusting. I do feel like that for Beverly Hills 1995, this probably was pretty accurate. I can't say for sure, obviously. I wasn't there, but... I could say as a younger person watching this movie, it definitely just made me want to be rich. Yeah, it walks a fine line between satirizing the life, but also making it seem aspirational. Desirable. I think a lot of young girls watched this and they were like, I want this closet with this computer. I would love to have this. This seems amazing. I know, that computer is insane. We've talked about it before, but this time period, the ideas of, that's always like made up technology appearing in movies. Especially involved with computers. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even think now anybody would have something like this involved where yeah. it actually like p- had it's all like of an inventory a touch of your clothes. Screen and it's like mixing and matching like tops and bottoms that she owns to like pick out her outfit. I like that she has like this preloaded digital version of herself in like underwear. black underwear. <laughs> yeah, it's just bizarre. <laughs> Heckerling actually went around and observed real high schoolers and picked up on what the slang they were using and the way they talked and incorporated that into the film. Although, to be fair, a lot of the stuff that they say in this movie seemed like it was invented. Because I don't feel like most people were saying these things until after the movie. they became the dialect of the times and really never went away for some of us. So let's get into it. There's a lot of different things to talk about. I do feel like it's very similar to Fast Times in the sense that it's almost like an amorphous plot. There's no one central thing. It moves from like one thing to the next thing to the next thing. They feel very disconnected almost. Yeah, there's the opening segment, which is like hooking the two teachers up, and then there's the whole tie right, thing. which never really ties back into anything. I mean, no. other than they get married at the end. 
Yeah, then there's the tie segment, which does run throughout. The Elton part of the tie segment. And then Christian, and then finally Josh, yep. and then we get to the end, and then, then this, that's it. <laughs> Cher Horowitz lives in a Beverly Hills mansion with her wealthy father, Mel, an intimidating litigator. That's the uh, roughest type of lawyer to deal with. A big part of the film's success, and I think the reason why it resonates, is Alicia Silverstone's likability, because it would be very easy to have this character just come off as a privileged brat. Somebody who gets her way all the time, who's oblivious to what's going on with other people, who lives in her own little bubble. But there's something genuine about Silverstone that you just feel like she's a good person. There's a a sweetness there. Her shortcomings are things that seem to be just her way of life. That's right. And she has to learn to overcome them throughout the film. Yep. And that's basically what the film turns into is her realizing that there is a world outside of her own little bubble. Yeah. And also fucking her ex And it's ex not like, you know, she doesn't have a, a perfect background or family life or anything. Her mom, who was a total Betty, no longer with us. Yeah. The people that were up for the part of Cher included Alicia Witt, Angelina oh, wow. Jolie, Carrie Russell, Reese Witherspoon, and Gwyneth Paltrow. And evidently, Sarah Michelle Gellar turned it down due to scheduling conflicts which i felt like we said the same thing in romeo and juliet she so, was in hot demand yeah there was like a sliding doors 90s for yeah. sarah michelle keller right. it's like she could have been in the two most iconic 90s right. movies maybe wow i can picture reese witherspoon in this role some of the other ones it's a little bit tougher angelina jolie seems strange yeah it would, her career her personality went, doesn't seem to way. jive with yeah. this character not very bubbly she was rocking the blonde hair for Gone in 60 Seconds. That's right. She looked good. Not that Cher necessarily has to be blonde. No. I feel like Reese played a similar character in Legally Blonde. That's right. Yep. Dan Hedaya plays her father. He works his way through the film as yeah. sort of comic relief. He's always busy. He's, uh, he's perpetually working. He's got his hands full here. Jerry Orbach and Harvey Keitel were also considered for that part. Wow. Harvey Keitel. <laughs> I could actually see Harvey Keitel doing it. Jerry Orbach, I, I don't see that at all. Yeah. Cher's mother passed away during a routine liposuction procedure when <laughs> Cher was just a baby. <laughs> we see Cher's computerized closet. As we said, definitely a moment that sticks in a lot of people's minds with fantasy life. Oh, yeah. She's driving without a license, which is always funny. Yeah, that just seemed to be like normal behavior. It's odd. I mean, she has multiple tickets. I we, mean, I guess, was, was this all happening under Dad's nose? She's just I, yeah, taking the car Yeah, it seems like it would out? be hard to get a ticket when you don't have a license. Right, they you, don't you do a just... ticket. It's just jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know about jail, yeah, but yeah. it feels like her dad would have known at that point. I think Alicia Silverstone was around 18 when they made this movie, but she's playing younger, and it can be hard to wrap your mind around that when you're watching the movie that when the movie starts she's supposed to be 15 Mm -hmm. and then turns 16 i guess at some point i guess i know they don't really mention her birthday but she says it's coming up in april or something and then it seems to be time has moved on yeah there's some jumps so i don't know 
but whatever it doesn't even matter it's just it's hard to wrap your mind around how young the characters are supposed to be especially considering stacy dash was like 29 when they made this movie <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah they're doing things that seem crazy for that age throughout the entire movie i know my high school experience at 15 was like hanging out in my friend's basement watching like corn music videos and <laughs> same as it is today really <laughs> downloading fucking broadband pornography oh, I know. that would like, take like eight hours <laughs> for like a like, six minute clip it's just a picture and it just is like loading from the top so slow it's just like this white screen that's like slowly downloading yeah, like and then Sable like, from WWF his like parents would come in by the time like it would get to the nipples we'd have to like close out and start all over <laughs> just so defeating I think I would have been terrified to be out on the open road no license taking my parents car well, it's her car. Oh, that's true. Which, yeah. It does beg the question why is her father allowing her to do this? I know. He gave her a car. She doesn't have a license yet. Yeah. I get the sense that Cher kind of does what she wants for the most part. Yeah. Well, he's pretty much checked out as far as the house. She's yeah. running the household. He's working after hours in the kitchen. When with he's away, he's over. working. That's right. Yep. Some life. I mean, it seems like he's doing really well. They have this huge mansion in Beverly Hills. I know. It's like, at what point can you just retire? Yeah. It doesn't seem worth it. It feels like he's made enough money Plus, if he's a litigator, wouldn't he have gotten a huge settlement suing over the wife's death? I think so. Yes. He would have argued his way through it. We meet Dion, played by Stacey Dash, who is just one of the best-looking human beings that's ever lived. Yes, I know that she's crazy. We're okay with it. She said some wild stuff over the years and now has, I guess, tried to walk it back. I don't know. I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really agree with some of the wild shit she said. But but she is a stunner. Yeah, she was great and clueless. She actually made it into the TV show, which we'll talk about more later. The TV show is most of the same cast. Yeah, with some notable exceptions. Well, yeah. Alicia Silverstone was too busy. Yeah, she was in Excess Baggage. Who was the guy in that? Was that Benicio Del Toro? I don't know. It's hard to remember. I would think it's like Chris O'Donnell or something. Although he he was was in Robin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he just seemed like he was in crappy movies in the 90s. Mad Love with Drew Barrymore, which I always wanted to see and I've never seen. I should actually look that up if that's streaming anywhere. I always wanted to see that after I saw The Wedding Singer because I was so in love with Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. God, the 90s, anytime I saw a movie, I right. was just in love with the lead actress. I, I'm not picturing Benicio Del Toro at all. I got to look up Excess Baggage. I was thinking, like Christian Slater or something. <laughs> I can't tell if that's like more or less embarrassing. I don't know. You were right. Benicio Del Toro. Man, I'm good. Damn. I don't think I one. ever saw that. I, I never did either. Like, I, I feel like at one, time, at one point she's getting put in a trunk or something. I can't remember seeing a trailer for it in the theater yeah, for something yeah. else. It's like such a faint memory. That's all anyone remembers of Excess yeah. Baggage. I don't think anyone ever saw it. By the way, Harry Connick Jr. also in it. Harry Connick Jr. is not bad sometimes. Okay. Dion has a long-term tumultuous relationship with Murray, played by Donald Faison, of which Cher is generally dismissive and somewhat critical. Yeah, she doesn't date high school boys. She's not into high school boys, which is... Who can blame her? A stance that I do think that girls took in real life, it is 
<laughs> this movie just ruining so many high school boys' lives. No, I think it was probably in existence before. Oh, I don't okay. think I, th- I thought you were it. saying this movie inspired it. <laughs> it is weird, though, to think that she's supposed to be 15. So what does that mean? Yeah, it was a different time. <laughs> I don't know. That is a weird thing to imply. Yeah. But they're not crossing certain lines. That's clear. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like she dates anybody. Yeah, yeah. The first time that we see her date somebody or attempt to is yeah. Christian, who's I in think her she's class. a little more guarded than she lets on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that some of the girls that would say that probably were just not interested in dating. Yet. Right. They were waiting. Murray is an interesting character. Some of the stuff I was reading when people were criticizing different elements of the film, the way that Murray talks to Dion... <laughs> And their whole relationship was deemed problematic. I was just taking it as they like to give each other shit. Yeah, I well, that's the way I take it. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be funny. I mean, this is a comedy, people. Let's relax. But it's clear that he's cheated on her in the car or something, because there's that weave situation. That's true. And he does call her woman all the time. Yeah, that is a problem. He does refer to Cher and Dion as bitches at one point. Okay. What are you bitches blind or something like that? Yeah, yeah. All right. Which I think is just how people talked in the 90s. It doesn't make it right, but I think it is a probably a reflection of certain time periods. They kind of build in like a self-referential joke about that, don't they, when he explains? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We get the iconic moment where that guy puts his arm around Cher, and she's just like, ugh, as if. <laughs> <laughs> Every girl I ever balls on that guy. <laughs> Just be like, because we never see that guy again, so who even is he? Oh, I'm sure it was followed shortly thereafter by a suicide. <laughs> Just what a beatdown. Yeah, he was waiting his whole life to take his shot. <laughs> this was the shot. Yeah, I'm just, just gonna being go a creep. Throw my arm around her. Hope this works. Yeah, not the best move. <laughs> Some people that were in consideration for Murray were Terrence Howard and Dave Chappelle. Interesting. I wouldn't have even thought Terrence Howard was like acting at this point. Well, he must have been. Well, yeah. And I guess Paul Rudd actually auditioned for Murray as well because he thought that the character was supposed to be a white guy who Paul was Rudd pretending also to be in black. Romeo and Juliet. Well, Paul Rudd's also in this movie. No, I know, but <laughs> I'm going back to the Sarah Michelle Gellar. I think Paul Rudd auditioned for a lot of parts in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they landed on Josh eventually. <laughs> Because I think he's auditioned for Murray and possibly Christian. Maybe something else. I don't know. Wow. You got to give him credit. He he was persistent. I don't know why Dion's going out with the high school boy. They're like dogs. You have to clean them and feed them. and They're just like these nervous creatures that jump and slobber all over you. Ew! Get off of me! Ugh, as if! Should all oppressed people be allowed refuge in America. Amber will take the con position. Cher will be pro. Cher, two minutes. So, okay. Like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? But it's like, when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? I said RSVP because it was a sit-down dinner. But people came that, like, did not RSVP. So I was, like, totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, redistribute the food, squish in extra place settings, 
But by the end of the day, it was like, the more, the merrier. And so, if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. And in conclusion, may I please remind you that it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Thank you very much. Uh, Amber, uh, reply? Mr. Hall, how can I answer that? The topic is Haiti, and she's talking about some little party. Hello, it was his 50th birthday. Whatever. If she doesn't do the assignment, I can't do mine. I love that scene in Mr. Hall's debate class, the first time we see it. Oh, yeah. Wallace Shawn plays Mr. Hall. Hilarious. That's right. We meet Travis, played by Brecken Meyer, Amber, played by Alyssa Donovan. Mr. Hall hands out the report cards, and <laughs> Travis is trying to jump out the window. <laughs> and it seems like they're on the first floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love everything about that. Whenever he randomly raises his hand and he starts saying that when he gets to be his parents' age, his kids will think of Nine Inch Nails the way that he thinks oh, yeah. of Brolix is. Mr. Hall's like, well, tolerance is always a good lesson, even when it comes out of nowhere. Because <laughs> it has nothing to do with what they're yeah, talking yeah. about. It was great. For some of these 90s movies, the roles wrote themselves. You always had to have the stoner character. Breckenmeyer would be in consideration for the Jason Mewes J role in Mallrats. <laughs> yeah, famously. That's right. Josh, played by Paul Rudd. Of Halloween 6 fame <laughs> and nothing else. Somehow able to keep a career going despite that fact. Well, I think Halloween 6 came out the same year yeah, as they, Clueless. They canceled each other out a little bit, or Clueless got him a little bit more positive attention. Yeah, his career definitely took off a little bit after this. As you pointed out, he was in Romeo and Juliet the next year. I gotta say, people will probably be annoyed by this because I feel like Paul Rudd is just adored, but I do not think he's very good in this movie. <laughs> He annoys me. I think the character's written to be a little annoying. I do think he has a couple of funny lines. Yeah, yeah. All right. I wrote some of them down. The best scenes of his are just when he's like goofing on Cher. That's true. Yes. And Cher's comebacks are usually not great. No. But you forgive her because she's She's so cute and adorable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like always has a valid point (laughs) because she is doing something insane usually. Yeah. They make a good couple, though, even though the brother and sister. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into the <laughs> the odd situation with their relationship to each other Yeah. prior to that, and also the age difference. Josh is Cher's socially conscious ex-stepbrother, emphasis on ex. That's right. That's an important detail that they really want to make sure that you're aware of. Well, I guess they were afraid that even if they made it a current stepbrother, even if not like blood related, that that would be like too weird. Although I think it is weird, yeah. They definitely went to that well in the Brady Bunch movie. That's true. As a goof, which but was that, also that, weird. But that was supposed to be weird, <laughs> uh, and, and it was funny. a joke. Yeah, yeah. They want you to think that it's like a serious thing. I don't know. What's your stance on stepbrothers and sisters? I still think it's weird. Oh, it depends. It's territory. It that depends just... when they were. Yeah. Stepbrother and sister. I don't think it's gross or anything. It's not like... (laughs) I don't think it should be banned or outlawed, but I do think it it is kind of weird, and I think it's kind of hard to explain to your parents. (laughs) Other family members. Your kids someday, maybe. Yeah. you want to have that conversation? It is interesting. Yeah. It's weird in this movie, though, because it's like that. that's the thing. 
we know where we're heading that <laughs> this brother and sister are going to date. No, but uh, so they go so far out of their way, like, okay, Cher's dad was married to Josh's mom for such a short period of time. But then it almost seems weird that he's hanging out at the house all the time. It's like they should be like not really connected at all then. Which I do think is sort of part of the joke. Yeah. They're like, why is he here? He's just always hanging around. But then you start thinking like, okay, well. Well, why wouldn't he be? Yeah. Is there some sort of like, <laughs> yeah. does he have some intentions there? But it is interesting because Cher says to her dad, well, you were married five years ago. Well, if Cher's supposed to be 15, then that means she was 10. Yeah, I don't think they want you to start thinking down that road too much. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't, I know, mean, that, I don't, I don't know that they're implying that I don't he's think been so. like in love with her he, this whole time. Right. He I, likes her. He does. It's different he than likes, it being like a sexual thing. He likes spending time with her. I don't think he realizes that he's into her that way until it is she weird, comes though. down the stairs. If they were married point. for that short of a time, it's just weird to me that like Cher's dad is just like, yeah, come stay at my house all the time for long periods of time. Well, th- yeah, as he puts it, you divorce wives, not children. Okay. That's what Mel says. I, 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 I hear it. I just don't know if I agree with it. He's a little <laughs> bit more of a loving human being than you would think on yeah, the surface. Yeah, that's true. Just to finish my thought. Please. I don't think that Josh is sexually attracted to her or into her that way until he sees her walking down the steps when she's about to go out with Christian that one Yeah. Night. That's and when it dawns on him. Alone by heart hits on the soundtrack. But I do think that he likes her. Mm-hmm. But like it's different than like like likes her, right? <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, yeah, I do. I think he doesn't he would... want to admit it, and she likes him too. But she yeah, doesn't yeah. want to admit it because right. they give each other shit. They're always teasing each other. They introduce it like they have that sort of brother sister bond, but it doesn't seem like they would if they were together for that short of a period of time. Yeah, but that's just maybe their natural. Yeah. Okay. Thing, and even if it was five years ago that they were married. It's not like he's been gone for five years. It's been like that's been going right. on the whole time. He just, like They've developed this rapport. He just keeps coming to stay here for periods of time. Yes. It does seem like more time has passed since Mel's marriage to his mother than the time that they were actually married. Uh, absolutely. But we don't get like specifics on that. No, Whatever. but I think that, that's true. That, that, it must that have been pretty clear. short because if she says five years ago and she's supposed to be 15, that means she was 10. Doesn't she say that her mother her mother died when she was like three? Right. So, yeah, I mean, it must have been like some little window in there. Yeah. I love how we're really. And his mom, gotta get this it's time mentioned that down. his mom has had other marriages. I was getting the sense that was definitely post-mail, but also pre-mail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously. Well, we don't, we don't father, know that she was married to Josh's dad. That, I don't well, think that's, that that's clear. <laughs> Josh visits during a break from college, and what as a thing. I noted, their yeah. interactions are loaded with sexual tension. I love the soundtrack to Josh coming on screen. It's like Radiohead, Fake Plastic Trees. Yeah, it's <laughs> like mocked relentlessly. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that was totally me. Oh, like, yeah, I would, me like, too. I would put Fake Plastic Trees on when I would walk into a room so everybody knew. <laughs> Especially when you're trying to impress girls. Oh, yeah, turns out. Radiohead, not impressive to girls. Well, while we're digging into all of this uh-huh. right now, just at the forefront, the introduction of Please. Josh, yes. let's just go the full way with it. So Paul Rudd, shockingly, because he basically looks the same now, was born in 1969. Holy shit. Alicia Silverstone <laughs> was born in 1976. So there is a seven-year age difference IRL. The big mystery to me, and I'm sure some people have already addressed this. I know people have addressed it. I don't know if there's like a definitive answer in the film. I don't think if it makes a difference if she's 15. If she yeah. was like 
17 or 18 and he was like a freshman in college, then okay, we've all been there. It's just like a bombshell to me right now. Paul is 52 years old, better looking right now than I've ever been in my entire life. Well, yeah. And not even close. Well, George Clooney's 60, <laughs> and he also is better looking now than you ever were. <laughs> well, absolutely. It just is nuts. So though. are most people buried in the cemetery <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, what I'm getting to is it's not clear how old Josh is supposed to be in the movie. They do make a joke about freshman psych at one point, although that doesn't confirm he's a freshman. So at the I, very yeah. youngest, he's 18. And if she's supposed to be 15 turning 16... I guess it's not the end of the world. It does seem I don't like think that that is that abnormal. By the end of it, he would be probably like nineteen, if a whole school year is going by. I don't know, but the fact that he's seven years older than her in real life, he does seem older than her. And then you're like, well, her character is supposed to be fifteen. It, like it, you start getting into this whole weird thing it is of weird. like, is he twenty three and she's fifteen yeah. or something? It, Which I don't think, but no. it can come off that way. It seems like territory they wouldn't even go oh, to no. in a movie now. Not in a comedy, no. unless it was going to be like a dark movie, and that's like what it was about. Yeah, yeah. Not just a casual thing <laughs> thrown a, in there. A high school girl dating a college guy. It's just like a tragedy. <laughs> even though I, I don't think that that stopped happening since we became older, but maybe it did. Well, if it's a one or two, or even sometimes in certain situations, a three-year age difference, I don't think yeah. that that's seen. I don't know. But maybe times the, have but changed. But it's not like Paul Rudd's character is supposed to be a seven-year. <laughs> He's in graduate school. Well, I know, but th- I'm know. saying it's not clear how old he is, and he seems older. Mm-hmm. He has his own apartment. He's driving around doing whatever he wants. There's like no supervision, which I get it. He's in college, but... He and just rich. he acts very adult. Yeah. And so that can come off as weird. And it she's is weird. definitely not supposed to be a senior in high school. Yeah, yeah. Let me be very clear about this. It's not that I don't think it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't touch the stepbrother thing or the age gap without that being the I know. focus now. But it is just so matter of fact in this movie. It's just so normal. Nothing's ever been more normal than dating your brother. <laughs> you know, it's weird how fast time changes too, because remember in pineapple express mm-hmm. seth rogan is dating amber heard who's like in high school that's true that yeah and, and he's, he's supposed like, to be like a... an adult <laughs> <laughs> he just looks so far removed from a high school he's like this frumpy old piece of shit right <laughs> hanging out in the high school yeah that is insane <laughs> yeah that was a weird choice for that movie for sure josh and Cher are constantly bickering and teasing each other it's mostly playful she mocks his idealism while he jabs back at her for being selfish, vain, and superficial. Some of the people that were considered for Josh were Ben Affleck and Zach Braff. Oh. Who I guess was still trying to break in at that yeah, point. Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought of him as being on the scene for another... Well, know, a lot of these people that you know, six years. it probably took a little time to get there. That's true. Cher's not happy with her report card, so she's going to try to negotiate her grades with her teacher, which is something that actually yeah. makes her father proud. Just as in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Clueless is definitely very much entrenched in mall culture. Absolutely. There's a lot of shopping sequences and montages. Although it's not like a huge focal point of the movie. They just sometimes have bags from stores... They don't spend a ton of time in the mall in this movie. Yeah, not enough for me. <laughs> I do I'm not malls. as obsessed with <laughs> 90s malls, even though that's my childhood. Yeah. I love 80s malls. You know that. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
that's like a genre of malls movies. Peaked in the eighties. On my shelf, yeah. I have just Blu-rays of like eighties malls. <laughs> One section of your movies. Cher is confidently incorrect about many things and supremely secure. Sounds like me in her outlook, and she's truly an odd character in the sense that, as I pointed out, I do think that she's written in a villainous way. She comes off as someone who would develop into a Karen or something like sure. that. But I think what drew Heckerling to this type of character and basing it off of the character of Emma is that it's somebody who is not perfect, right? but is endlessly optimistic and yes. happy and brings that sort of energy to everything. And so your natural inclination is to be attracted to somebody like that. Uh-huh. Like, oh, this person is always happy. I like this person. Yeah, and there's just always a sweetness there, and it always seems like she has good intentions. If anything, she's out of touch. Sometimes her intentions are selfish, but it's never in a bad way, right. if that makes any sense. It's yeah. never like malicious or anything like that. Right. She does have her own to... interests at heart sometimes. She's not trying to ruin Ty's life or anything. Oh, no, no, no. Especially when we get to that point. Yeah. Which she was... thinks she's doing good, even though she's sort of forcing this onto somebody. That's true. And then telling them, like, oh, no, you can't like this guy. Treats it like treats a person a like they're a project. Yeah. Yeah. After receiving a poor grade that she can't talk her way out of, Cher decides to play matchmaker for a teacher that won't budge on that grade, and that would be Mr. Hall. Sort of interesting logic here. Like, this is going to help get her grade changed. <laughs> Well, it's a lot of things that need to happen, I feel like, for this to all work out. This is just rom-com teen movie logic. There's not really a whole lot of sense in it. She's going to hook Mr. Hall up with Miss Geist, who's actually played by Pittsburgh's own Twink Kaplan, who was an associate producer on the film. Wow. Yeah. Local legend. (laughs) Miss Geist. (laughs) That's right. I think she was in the show. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure. Cher orchestrates a romance between these two hopeless teachers so that Mr. Hall's happiness will lead him to reconsider her grade. How long is this going to take? At some point, it's like, which paper? (laughs) Well, no, it's her grade for like the semester. That's right, okay. I like how they hand out report cards that are written in pen. Yeah, it seems like there could be some editing there. Yeah. How can I make this C into a A? (laughs) The scenes in Mr. Hall's class are always fun. He does the the tardies thing where he says they have to like make it up or something. I'm not even sure what the, what he's talking about. I don't know. But he's listing off how many tardies everyone has. And Travis has the most, which is like 38. And so he gets up and gives a speech. <laughs> and I love watching him give that speech and watching Wallace Shawn's face as he's like standing like right uh-huh. next to him. He's just like so baffled by what he's doing. 38 does seem like expulsion worthy. Well, I mean, how many minutes? Yeah, that's true. It take? It's not Just 38 absences. Travis Birkenstock, 38 tardies. By far the most tardies in the class. Congratulations. <laughs> so unexpected. I, uh, I didn't even have a speech prepared. Uh, but I would like to say this. Tardiness is not something you can do all on your own. Many, many people contributed to my tardiness. Uh, I'd like to thank my parents for never giving me a ride to school, the L.A. City bus driver for taking a chance on an unknown kid, and uh, last but not least, the wonderful crew at McDonald's for spending hours making those Egg McMuffins, without which I might never be tardy. 
after it becomes clear that Cher has been racking up tickets, she's not allowed to drive without a licensed driver in the car, so she gets Josh to drive with her, and he delivers one of my favorite lines where he's like, hey, James Bond, in this country we drive on the right side of the road, <laughs> when she's just driving like in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes Imagine just being the that... casual yeah. goofiness of this movie. That's true. Just being like that bad of a driver and not caring. <laughs> Hey, James Bond. In America, we drive on the right side of the road. I am. You try driving in platforms. Look, I gotta get back to school. Uh, wanna practice parking? What's the point? Everywhere you go has valet. I do think that a big part of this movie that you learn over time is that they constantly refer to Ty as clueless. Right. And Josh constantly refers to Cher as clueless. But... I think when you're younger and you watch this movie, you fixate on Ty because Cher is the main character and you dismiss Josh. So you're like, oh, that's where the title comes from. But obviously Cher is clueless. Yes. And she lives in her own world. Now all of the characters to a certain extent are clueless and that's the whole idea. That's right. They all live in their own little fantasy land worlds. But the humor in this movie comes from just a wide variety of things. Right before we started recording, I had the movie on, and I was telling you just like the random stupid shit where Ty falls down the steps. Oh, I yeah. think it's so fucking funny because <laughs> it isn't that type humor. of movie. Right. In a slapsticky type of movie, I probably would have not reacted to that. But in this movie, which sometimes feels very grounded in reality, right. and then just some stupid shit like that, you're just like, <laughs> oh, God, I've done that. I've seen people do that where they oh. just fall unexpectedly. Dude. I can remember doing that. Maybe quarterly is too often, but it seemed like at least twice a year every school year I would trip and fall on the steps. <laughs> Going up the steps, just falling on my face. <laughs> and it's like when a line of people, you know, in between classes, people like a just line walking people, over oh, you, yeah. like stampeding Trampled. you. <laughs> just oblivious. It's like Black Friday. <laughs> Picking up a TV and bashing you over the head with it. Oh, yeah. I have this recurring anxiety thought that pops into my head that I'll be at a bar mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll get like a full glass of beer and oh. knock it over. Oh, yeah. It, it, that goes through my head all the time when I'm at a bar, like holding a drink. I'm just like, I'm going to drop this. I'm going to drop this. I'm going to drop this. I'm going <laughs> to. Well, the weird thing is that it goes through my head even when I haven't been at a bar in months. Yeah. Well, I you're just, just gearing up it. for the yeah, next time. Yeah, I'll be time. like, oh, God, I'm so nervous about the next time I go to a bar and get a beer. <laughs> I'll knock it over. I yeah. know it. <laughs> God, especially if it's one of those bartenders that just gives everyone shit and is going to make a big scene about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Just kicked out. (laughs) Ostracized. Yeah. They hang your picture up in that bar. Never allowed back. (laughs) A worthless piece of shit. (laughs) Cher says to Dion, would you call me selfish? Dion says, not to your face. (laughs) I do love the scenery in the school that they go to. Everyone has the little braces on their nose and chins from the plastic surgery. Oh, yeah. A lot of little gags like that. We meet Elton, played by Jeremy Sisto, who just always has his hands all over Cher. Yeah. Always finding attempts to hug her and maybe, like, kiss her on the cheek and stuff, and she's just totally oblivious, I guess. This is, like, exactly what I picture this type of character to look like, though. Yeah. Like, this is just what I... Maybe it's because of this movie. Well, I feel like Jeremy Sisto made a career out of playing this guy. Just like a douche. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
some great moments of him dancing by himself at that party That's later. Right, yeah, just like, rolling with the homies. No, just when he's by himself. Oh, yeah. He's wearing that like sweater vest thing. <laughs> just like waving his arms like this. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rolling with the homies. <laughs> <laughs> we both do the arm motion thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is it. After putting together Mr. Hall and Miss Geist and things working out the way that she wants. Kind of to just like limited fanfare. That's just like over and yeah, because you think that's it. the plot of the movie. I know, it's right? The first like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. This movie was an interesting one to do notes for because I would pause it and it would feel like so much has happened because an, a mini story has right. just occurred, and then it would be like fifteen minutes into the movie and it'd be like, "You gotta be kidding me! How is that possible?" And then you're like, "Oh yeah, we haven't even introduced Ty yet, which that's is right, right now." Yeah. So Ty is a new student to the school, played by Brittany Murphy, R.I.P. I can still remember when Brittany Murphy died. It was one of those shocking ones that you just never in a million years expected to happen. Sort of like Heath Ledger. Yeah. Which catches you off guard. And I know she was so prolific, too. She was in like so many things and then just gone. Yeah. Hmm. I do feel like towards the end of her life, she had started to, I don't know what was going on in her personal life, but I think she had started to do like dumber, smaller stuff. Like yeah. I think the star had faded a little bit. I don't know if what was going on exactly, but yeah, it was definitely sad. And, and it, I think it has stuck with people for a long time and people bring it up all the time as a thing because it's just so jarring and weird. Right. Cause it, it seemed out of nowhere when she passed. Yeah. And then that guy that she was like married to, died like a couple months later of like the same thing and it was like always suspicious or something i still don't really know know, exactly a lot of weirdness there there's just a palpable feeling when you watch a movie that she's in the weirdness around the situation oh yeah definitely as we both just start crying this was obviously the first thing i knew her from she was still pretty young at the time when they filmed this movie i think she was 17 and had to have her mother there on set with her through a lot of it, probably because they were going to have her work extended hours. Still buzzing from the high of making Mr. Hall and Mrs. Geist happy, Cher wants to keep the good vibes flowing by taking Ty under her wing. So Ty shows up. She's got dyed red hair, sort of dressed in the grungy, skateboardy yeah. style. I got to tell you, this actually seems like a best-case scenario for Ty because she seems a little lost. The fact that seemingly the most popular girl in school is just going to take you under her wing that's a pretty good get for a new kid yeah it can be especially when she's just looking for anything to grasp onto yeah yeah. i would say that Cher's involvement in her life is a mixed bag overall that's true mostly good yeah but Cher does impose herself onto ty in a way that yeah under the microscope we look at things now seems a little oppressive. Maybe it actually would have been a better situation for Ty if she just let it play out with Travis right from the beginning. Well, yeah, the ideal thing would be that Cher wants to be her friend without forcing her to That's change right. yep. and forcing her to become a different person. Yeah, but, but it's still, I mean, yeah. you know, listen, <laughs> status Meanwhile, matters. If, if fucking Alicia Silverstone wanted me to completely change, I'd just do whatever. I'd be like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Please. Stop doing the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Finally. <Yeah. laughs> I'm free from this fucking prison that I've built for myself. And I'm dating Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> I don't know. 
The dating was not a part of it. Oh, no. She just demanded this change, and then I would never see her again, but I would still do it. <laughs> Amber? Miss Stoger, my plastic surgeon doesn't want me doing any activity where balls fly at my nose. Well, there goes your social life. Cher assumes that she knows best, and she's sort of dismissive towards Ty's own stoner preferences. When in reality, it's interesting because Ty definitely seems much more experienced in certain walks of life. Not that that's necessarily good. I do think this movie also doesn't necessarily age well in the way that it depicts virginity as like some stigma. Yeah. But that's very common for 80s and 90s and all that shit. That's obviously just the way things were in movies. Well, they definitely are inferring that Ty has done cocaine as well. I thought it was yeah, she weird. seems like more into drugs. Yeah. And also sex. But right. she's also 15. So yeah. she's basically I, like Laura Palmer. We're heading to a less than zero universe here. Oh, yeah. This is the same universe yeah, in yeah. a way. Right. Yeah. This is the good period that we see so little of in less than zero. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're turning tricks at some seedy motel, <laughs> shooting up heroin. All that kind of shit. Paul Rudd's just like blown dudes. <laughs> Paul Rudd is not Josh, the character. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Cher and Dion give Ty a makeover, which provides Ty with a newfound confidence and sense of style. Cher also tries to put the kibosh on Ty's interest in Travis. So Ty immediately sees Travis and is interested. They bond over Marvin the Martian and 90s stoner culture. Mm-hmm. Cher is sort of a bitch about certain people. Yeah, stay away from him. She delivers everything in such a way that you don't notice it, and then she changes. I do think over she the comes course of the film as Kurt uh, on this topic. Yeah, she dismisses them as less than, yeah. and she changes over the course of the movie. It's very subtle you can't in a way. Be associated with that filth. Yeah, Cher and Dion both see Travis as someone socially unacceptable. I love that whole sequence when Cher has Ty over to the house and they're exercising with the tapes and then they go through the whole thing with the books. And she's like, look, Ty, another thing we got to work on is your accent and vocabulary. Oh, no. And she teaches her sporadically. And then it builds to that point with Josh when Josh was like, hey, I'll be seeing you around or whatever when he leaves. And Ty's like, hope it's not sporadically. (laughs) Which is technically not wrong, but yeah. it's just funny. Right. <laughs> She's like so excited to use the word sporadically. Oh, yeah. Hope it's not sporadically. <laughs> that actually is legitimately one of my favorite lines in the movie. Because oh, yeah. it's so weird. There's definitely some good laughs in this. <laughs> now squeeze your buttocks when you come up. Squeeze. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Squeeze. And my buttons, they don't feel nothing like now steel. Okay, it will get easier, I promise. Just as long as we do it every day, not just sporadically. How do you know if you're doing it sporadically? That's another thing, Ty. We've got to work on your accent and vocabulary. See, sporadic means once in a while. Try and use it in a sentence today. All right. Okay, from now on, we're alternating Cindy Crawford's Aerobicize and Buns of Steel and reading one non-school book a week. My first book is Fit or Fat. Mine is men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Good. (laughs) That takes care of our minds and bodies, but we should do something good for mankind or the planet for a couple of hours. 
Hey, Brainiac. Ugh, the dreaded X. Ty, this is Josh. Nice to meet you. Hey, you know about this stuff. I want to do something good for humanity. How about sterilization? <laughs> so what do you think? I'm amazed. That I'm devoting myself so generously to someone else? No, that you found someone even more clueless than you are to worship you. I am rescuing her from teenage hell. Do you know the wounds of adolescence can take years to heal? Yeah, and you've never had a mother, so you're acting out on that poor Ugh. girl like she was your Barbie doll. Freshman psych rears its ugly head. Hey, I am not taking psych. Whatever. I'm going to take that lost soul in there and make her well-dressed and popular. Mm -hmm. Her life will be better because of me. How many girls can say that about you? Mentos better, Mentos fresher. Fresh goes better with Mentos fresh and full of life. Mentos, the, the fresh, fresh maker. maker. Be seeing ya. Yeah, I hope not sporadically. The goal is to push Ty towards Elton, someone popular and in their same crew. I will say, Cher seems completely misguided here because I'm never getting the sense that there's a Ty Elton connection. Well, there often isn't when people just try to do this, thrust this yeah. kind of shit together. Because people that want to be matchmakers often don't realize that other people are capable of doing their own thing. And if there was a spark, it probably would have just happened on its own. That's right. And I think people would rather get there on their own. Some people probably need a push, but they will ask and say, hey, I'm interested. Like later when Ty asks about Josh. That's right. Yeah. If somebody's actually interested, they will vocalize it. You can't just, like, force something to happen. Sure. But it, it's also clear that Elton is completely into Cher, which she just does not seem to realize for some reason. That is strange. Because it's, even if you're, like, watching this movie for the first time, you're like, Jesus, this guy is, like, all over her all the time. I know. It does seem borderline inappropriate, really. Yeah. He's crossing lines, I think. Yeah. I was never a big fan of those dudes in high school that, like, always wanted to hug the girls. No. Like, could I get a hug? <laughs> Just, uh, if you have to ask. Yeah, it's so, like, See yourself gross. out, please. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, it's just an excuse to press your body against her body. Everyone knows this. I don't know why. I guess, you know, girls are just used to putting up with this kind of shit all the time, their whole lives. But it's just, like, ugh. Yeah, I, I don't know, though. I felt like I was the opposite. Like, girls would initiate the hug. There's no way I would be, like, the aggressor there. Yeah, know? I mean, if both people are interested, or or definitely if the girl is initiating the hug, but I think that, and I'm I'm not talking about like adults in certain situations. I'm talking about like in high school. There's definitely like a type of guy, and sometimes sure, they're popular sure. too. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, not yeah. just like losers. It's all different types. Yeah, but they try this losers, move. Actually, Some, speaking though, for the losers, <laughs> they would try to hug the loser girls. Oh, oh yeah. It just wow. was like a thing. Yeah. That certain types of guys would do. Be like, oh, can I get a hug? But Elton doesn't even ask. No, no. <laughs> he's just got his arms around her all the time. He's kissing her on the face and stuff. And she's like, are you interested in Ty? <laughs> it's definitely noticeable. So at the party, Travis is there. And that, of course, is who Ty is interested in. But Cher is steering her away. Travis spills drinks on Cher's shoes. Cher does not react too great, but then seems to get over pretty quick. She's harsh to Travis. I think. A little bit at yeah. first. She gets over it. I gotta say, he's a good sport about it. 
Yeah, although I didn't love that he just dismissed it though as like a small sacrifice to the party gods or whatever he says. I'm like, that stinks. Yeah. Well, dude, I don't know. They might have been expensive shoes. He should have at least offered something out of it. <laughs> she and then just he does. like cuts his head off and is like, "There's a small sacrifice." <laughs> <laughs> I like whenever they're trying to make Elton jealous and. Cher tells Ty to laugh like Travis is saying something really funny. So then Ty just starts laughing hysterically. Oh, I know. It's so stupid. <laughs> Travis just confused. They play suck and blow and they couldn't get the, what are they using? Like a card yeah. or something? And they couldn't get it to, to stick. Not a game that really it. carried on to my teenage years. I've heard of it outside of this movie, but I yeah, I never yeah. I never played it though. There was I, never I definitely a, wasn't at the type of parties where this no, was no. going on. There was never like a girl with a card on her lips coming up to <laughs> press it to mine. That, well they just... couldn't get it to stick. Like they couldn't by using that so they'd use chapstick to like actually stick it to each other's lips. Yeah. Because it wasn't working like the natural way. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, I I wasn't at any parties with girls. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut it there. Yeah, yeah, that's that wasn't happening. Right. But at fifteen, oh my god! <laughs> I told you what I was doing. I was hanging out with my friends. That's right. Trying yeah. to look at like the slowest downloaded pornography <laughs> and, and watching corn music. AOL videos. dial up. Murray's keeping it real by shaving his head, which infuriates Dion. Also, just a strange thing to do at a party. This party actually stinks. I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of cool. Nah. No? I don't know. What do you want them to be doing? Hanging out at the mall. They're playing suck and blow. Yeah. At one point, a shoe gets kicked off and comes flying across the room and hits Ty in the head. <laughs> Which almost seems to like render her unconscious. And then Cher uses that as an opportunity to try to get Elton to take care of her. Then they're dancing and singing, rolling with the homies. I know. I can't. <laughs> it's their song, though. It becomes their yeah, song. That's true. It's too sad. I can't think of it. Yeah. If it's a concussion, you have to keep her conscious, okay? Ask her questions. What's seven times seven? Stuff she knows. It's some bump you got there. Yeah. Yeah? You ready to go back out there? Yeah. All right. Sherry, can you do this? Rolling with the homies. Rolling with the Alright, let's do it. You're ready. <laughs> the big problem, of course, is that Elton has no interest in Ty. He ensures he's in a situation to drive Cher home, even though Cher is trying to get him to drive Ty home. This is sort of a interested. weird tug of war that goes on as to who's driving who home. Elton pretty forceful about being the one that needs to drive Cher. Yeah. He then tries to make out with Cher. And she rejects him, so he abandons her at the circus liquor parking lot. Yeah, really just a legendary move. Where Cher is immediately mugged. (laughs) Dead two seconds. (laughs) Maybe the most believable thing that happens in this entire movie. There's a lot of hilarious shit in this, but also sort of questionable because, well, first of all, his cranberries obsession is very funny to me. And that's relatable. Yes. How many times were you singing cranberry songs to girls in your car? I would say probably zero, but... I would say probably most times I've been with girls, that's been what's (laughs) happening in my car. (laughs) Isn't that what James Vanderbeek is playing in Rules of Attraction on his guitar? Is he playing like Linger or something, like Into Another Song? I remember. I might be making that up. I want it to be true, though. 
the thing that I don't get is there's this big moment earlier on where they're all in a group photo opportunity and shares the one taking the pictures. And then she takes some pictures of Ty by herself. And Elton's like, oh, could I get a copy of those? And Cher takes this as a good sign. And then he keeps the picture of Ty in his locker. And then when this all happens and Cher brings that up, he's like, yeah, because you took the picture as right. the reason he keeps a picture of Ty in his locker. Which is weird. You're right. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I keep a picture of another girl in my locker because you took the picture. Yeah. Wouldn't you think the day of he'd just be like, hey, hand me the camera. Let me get a picture of you. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that. I think that would be the move, Elton. Not getting pissed and leaving <laughs> her at a liquor store. I don't think that's the move. So Cher is in trouble because she's supposed to be home. She doesn't have any way to contact anyone, so she ends up calling Josh to bail her out. So Josh has to show up with his college girlfriend, and they're having like this big discussion in the front seat while Cher is just in the back seat. Annoyed. And then Josh's girlfriend quotes hamlet uh-huh. and then Cher corrects her as to which character in hamlet said that line and it's actually a pretty great moment right. because they're being so pretentious and the only reason Cher knows is because she watched the mel gibson version of hamlet just brilliant <laughs> that's basically like when anybody talks about history with me like i know nothing about history unless there was a movie about it yeah <laughs> like that's the reason i know it Something that they do in this movie to just introduce characters and to move the plot forward is just to have a new student arrive. (laughs) So a fashion-conscious student named Christian shows up, played by Justin Walker, who I don't know from anything else other than this film. And he attracts Cher's attention and instantly becomes her target boyfriend. I gotta say, he doesn't really have a ton of charisma. Christian does sort of stink. He's obsessed with the past. He's got like a very rat pack swinger vibe well he shows up and Cher is enamored i gotta tell you i cannot imagine being in high school having a dude show up wearing a suit and people accepting that well it's like a t-shirt with a a blazer well he's got he's got slacks on and a t-shirt but he's carrying that's why she likes him yeah she goes on a rant about how much she hates the way (laughs) that guys dress in the school i know but this is too over the top come on Oh, my God. And the shit that Cher wears isn't over the top. <laughs> She's over the top. She, yeah, okay. That's why right. she, she basically is seeing a male version of her. Yeah. <laughs> I think people would be goofing on this guy pretty hard. Yeah, they would. Yeah. But Cher is Cher's not going to date a joke. Planet. Yeah, okay. I know. But if the guy's the butt of every joke in the school, I mean, well. She has her finger on the pulse of status. I don't know. I think if you're dating Cher at this school, you're instantly not a joke. That's fair. I think people would start I- imitating whatever he's doing. <laughs> All of a sudden, everybody's wearing slacks and a shirt, carrying Everyone's that blazer talking around. Like they're, they're saying, like, Daddy-O and That's Cool right. Cat. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to Billie Holiday. As I said to you earlier, I do love that he calls her Duchess at one point. I thought that was pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. Everything else he says stinks. Mm-hmm. I do think Christian is a swing and a miss, especially in a cast loaded with talent and loaded with stars. I know. You would have thought that someone better could have been this part. I think this is maybe where Paul Rudd also auditioned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul Rudd has charisma. Oh, yeah. I mean, he became like one of the biggest movie stars. That's what I'm saying. I I mean, he would have made this character way more enjoyable to watch. I'm sure of it. I can't really picture anybody else as Josh, though. That's true. He had to be Josh. Imagine if they would have cast like Affleck. 
I just don't think he brings the right vibe. No. He's like beating people up. <laughs> yeah, he, he's playing his character from Mallrats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Christian arrives to pick Cher up because they're going to go to this party because she's orchestrated this whole thing. It's almost like a fake party in a way. That's true. Yeah. She's just cooking up a whole scheme. Although, what is this? It's a party, but I mean, it seems like a legit venue. There's a bar. Well, I, I jotted down something here okay. because it's... It, Please. The Mighty Mighty Boston's are playing at it, and this was all supposed to be outside. And... They filmed this movie over 40 days in November and December in wow. 1994, and it rained a lot. Those shooting schedules used to be so long. Well, this is a major motion picture. That's true, yeah. The rain forced a lot of stuff indoors that was supposed to be outdoors because they didn't want it to look rainy. They wanted it to look like bright and sunny That's LA. Right. yeah. So I don't know what this was supposed to look like anyway, but this, I think, was a an audible to make it look like this. That's why they only have that one exterior nighttime driving shot that's like used like three times driving past the Hertz. <laughs> yeah, there's a Hertz run a car. That's right. But Josh's jealousy flares up whenever Christian shows up to take her out and Josh is like upset at what Cher is wearing. He thinks it's like too skimpy. Meanwhile, Cher's skirts in this movie. Insane. You would never be able to wear at school. Kicked out of school. <laughs> well, you'd have Sent to, home to you'd change. Be, yeah, you'd yeah. have to change. I mean, these skirts are insane. That's just the truth. <laughs> There's really nothing you could say about it. They are yeah. wild outfits. And he's also not enthused about Christian's vibe. And then Who would be? He's supposed to I'm be working either. with Mel on some big case that Mel's doing. And then he's like, I think I got to go to the party. I got to go to the party. And this is a moment that I pointed out to you. I was yeah, like, you is right. it weird that Mel gives like a knowing smile? I think so. I think that is weird. Does yeah. he want Josh and Cher to date? He likes Josh. Is that why he's so inclined to keep Josh involved? I guess so. He sees him as like a good influence. Does he not understand what we all understand, that it is weird? Is it, though? I don't know. I guess I guess what the movie's trying to tell me is it's, it's not. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many times in outside of like Beverly Hills where yep. people get married and divorced every five seconds... How often would something like this happen in the rest of the world where you have like an ex stepbrother and you're both older now? And yeah. It just isn't something that would happen very often when people just, I don't know. But I do feel like when it would happen, people would talk about it. People would talk, but what are they going to say? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to take this to its conclusion. I'm, yeah. I'm really exploring it. Yes, people would maybe say that's weird, but isn't that the extent of it? I mean, what? Oh, you're not going to jail. That's for sure. Well, no, I know, but... Yeah. I just think it is weird, I think though. the age gap is weirder. The age gap is also weird, but I think it adds to it. Yeah. It's on top of. <laughs> in addition to... There's a lot to dig into with this movie. Well, he's a lot older than her, and he's also her former brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's transitioning from a brother to a lover. That's right. Josh ends up showing up at the party... I don't know what's going on anymore in this movie. At one point, Christian is trying to buy beers. I'm like, aren't they in the same grade at school? So he's basically like a sophomore in high school. He's buying beers at this place. I know. Insane. I don't know what's going on. They all seem like adults, but they're not even seniors in high school. Also, like when he's basically like, I'm going to hang out. Like I'm going to stay around at this party. To your point, as like a 16-year-old kid, like how late is he staying out? I don't know. Josh shows up and dances with Ty, who's a bit of a wallflower at this event because she doesn't really fit in. She's still 
nursing her wounds over the whole Elton rejection. This was like me at any event I would go to. Like as soon as I'd walk in, just be like, all right, I got to go smoke a cigarette. Yeah, I think you've used that joke before. It's and not a recently. joke. It's just true. It's not a joke. It's my life. Yeah. <laughs> the Matt Cross. I wish it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a big moment in Cher's opinion of Josh changing, much like the awakening he felt when he saw her walking down the stairs in this dress earlier in the evening. He can't shake that now. She looks over and sees how kind he is with Ty and how he's making her feel welcome. And so she realizes that he's like a good guy, and she's starting to see him in a different light. But she's not giving up on Christian yet. In the meantime, though, there are some great scenes furthering the Josh and Cher development. Right. Just the time where they're watching TV together, and they're teasing each other, and a lot of different stuff is happening. They have a good chemistry. Yeah, I would say uh, they have a flirtatious coexistence. But- more to your point, when I was younger and watching this movie for the first time, it never occurred to me that this is where the movie was going because <laughs> yeah. I just would not have thought. I was like, aren't they brother and sister? Right. You know, yeah. I was sort sort of sheltered as a kid, maybe. I just didn't understand well, anything. But... I mean, they do kind of like introduce this whole thing of like, yes, it was a brief period of time, but they treat the relationship like it's a stepbrother, stepsister situation. Yeah. That's the way I feel like they're treating it. Well, what do you mean? That's why it seems weird. What are they doing that's making you think that? I don't know. Maybe I maybe they don't, and I just yeah. But how it, does one treat something like a way. stepbrother stepsister relationship? How would that be different from anything else? I don't know. Doesn't it feel like they're trying to make it seem like their connection is of a sibling type? The movie or them, the characters. The movie. I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading into it. I do think you're reading into it, but I do think that that's the natural way. That's what I mean. When yeah, I, yeah. The first time I see this movie, I don't think that that's where it's going just because I wouldn't imagine that. Well, I have to think that it wasn't their intent because then it does make the movie weird. <laughs> so, But that is the way I interpret it. Yeah, well, obviously people like this idea because there's a whole industry of porno that's the stepbrother. Oh, you don't say. You haven't mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I just mentioned it. <laughs> I don't know what that was in, though. What was that from? When would I have mentioned that? I don't know. Every episode. (laughs) Hey, have you heard about the stepbrother board? Stepmom? Whatever. We're both guilty of using the same material. I know. I did it on purpose because I thought that would be funny. Never mind. (laughs) When Christian comes over to watch some videotapes, (laughs) much like Patrick Bateman, Cher tries her best to seduce him, but he deflects her advances. She's trying to play footsie on the bed, and she says that she has cold feet, and then he just puts a pillow on her feet, and then she tilts her head back to run her fingers through her hair and then just falls off the bed. That was in trailers and the commercials uh-huh. on TV. I remember her falling off the bed. That was like one of those scenes that you saw over and over. Murray ends up having to be the one to break the news to share that Christian is gay, despite the failure of her romantic overtures. Cher remains friends with Christian, and they bond over their mutual love of art, fashion, and shopping. Sure. Is Christian naive to the fact that she was digging him? No, I think he knew. It feels then he's being a little bit cruel by going along with some of this. Well, you have to understand, (laughs) I feel like I'm talking to you like a child. Please. It was harder, I think, for people to come out. Sure. Okay. Then. Yeah, I can get behind because that narrative. Because it's yeah. never confirmed, other than when Murray says it later in the car. And That's then right. 
Cher realizes like, oh, and then it's not like Christian ever says it, and it's never really addressed and later or anything. That's true. Some things in this movie don't age super great, but the film is actually pretty progressive in some ways for 1995, and I think this is one of them. They don't really make a big deal out of it, and Cher just treats him as a friend, like, oh, okay, that's not happening, and now we're moving on. They're hanging out at the mall, actually, when these guys that Ty is talking to hang her over the side. Yeah, like I thought gonna this drop her over the railing. was sort of a wild scene. I guess they needed to come up with a way that Ty would have like a sudden shift and yeah. become way more popular. And it seems insane that this is how. This would be the thing. But I guess it speaks to the shallowness of the people at this high school that they think that this is like some big event to talk about. She was about. almost killed at a mall. I do love whenever Murray... Dion and Cher are driving, and then Dion accidentally drives onto the freeway, and they're like freaking out and just <laughs> screaming. That's like you driving. Absolutely. Every morning. The freeway. <laughs> I try to avoid it like the plague. That huge Mack truck driving up behind them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So everything in Cher's perfect, privileged little world is turned upside down in the wake of Ty's sudden surge in popularity after the incident in the mall when Christian has to. Get those guys to stop hanging her over the side. And, and yell at them, which was deserved. I mean, what what is the deal with these dudes? Yeah, it seemed a little over the top. It did feel like they were dangerously close to killing someone. <laughs> Have you ever hung out at a mall? Yeah. <laughs> you could get killed at any moment. That's right. Remember when we saw that drug-sniffing dog bite that girl? Oh, that was insane. <laughs> Just we're standing in uh, line at, like, Chick-fil-A at the mall. <laughs> food court. And then, yeah, the security guard or whatever is walking around with the No, drug. it was like police. Yeah, for real, like real police. With a, I, I guess it was a drug-sniffing dog or a yeah. bomb-sniffing dog, and it just bit some girl on the leg. <laughs> it was the most insane thing that's I know. ever know. And then you, you were like, oh, my God, that dog just bit that girl. <laughs> How humiliating. And the cops were just like, oh, yeah, here's a number you could call. And that girl was like, what the fuck? Yeah, really. Do you think she called that number? I would. Yeah, really. You could get probably a settlement or something. Yeah. I don't want to give people the wrong impression. It didn't like latch onto her. It just snipped at her, but it definitely made contact. And I think there was like a little streak of blood or something. I think you're making up the blood part. Maybe. But it definitely like, yeah. snipped at her. Yes, for sure. The teeth made contact. And it was with her it leg. was definitely unexpected for all. Yeah. It was wild. The cop, the dog, the girl, and me and you. <laughs> I think, were we right behind her? We were, we were, we were like very close. People? I mean, it was with, uh, yeah. I actually think she was in a separate line than us. Because it's one of those things where the eateries are right next to each other. I think we were okay in line at one and she was in the adjacent one. <laughs> yeah, everyone's so yeah. thrilled. The, by story. the way, the greatest moments in the history of forever. <laughs> because of this, the student has surpassed her teacher. To say the least, there is a new and palpable strain on Cher and Ty's friendship. And Cher witnesses Ty publicly burying Travis right to his face and being like, don't the stoners hang over on the grassy knoll? Sad. So dismissive. Mm -hmm. And that's when Cher, I think, realizes how she was behaving. And she's like, oh, this is shitty. Yeah. Why did I act like that? The real great ending of this movie would be if Cher and Travis like hooked up. Man, what a spin that would be for Travis. Yeah. He just wouldn't be able to handle it, though, I don't think. Few would. No. Because of the crazy incident on the freeway, Dion loses her virginity and starts asking Ty for sex advice, which also further alienates 
That's Cher, right. who's yeah. out of the loop. I, emotions were running high for all after that freeway incident. Yeah, they needed to take stock of what was really important. That's right. <laughs> that P and that V. <laughs> Making them meet. Yeah. How romantic. Cher's lowest moment of the film is when she does say that she doesn't speak Mexican and Josh has to correct her and say that their maid is actually from El Salvador. Yeah. And she's I'm... like, so? Like, she doesn't even understand what that means. Oh, yikes. Well, he's guiding It comes her. down to ignorance, though, which is not an excuse, but it is ignorance. It's not... I don't think it comes from a hateful place with Cher. In defense of Cher, yeah. I don't think it's hateful. I think it's just she doesn't know any better. Yeah. We, we have a million excuses for her. <laughs> Cher's frustration escalates after she spectacularly fails her driving test. And unlike her grades, she cannot change the results. Are you going to take me somewhere to make left-hand turns? We're going back to the DMV. It's over? It's over. Well, how did I do? How'd you do? <laughs> well, let's see, shall we? You can't park. You can't switch lanes, you can't make right-hand turns, you've damaged private property, and you almost killed someone. Offhand, I'd say you failed. Failed? Well, can't we just start over? I mean, I'm kind of having a personal problem. My mind was somewhere else. I mean, you saw how that biker came out of nowhere, right? Oh, I swear I'll concentrate. I drive really good, usually. Isn't there somebody else I can talk to, a supervisor or something? I mean can't be the absolute and final word in driver's licenses. Girlie, as far as you're concerned, I'm the messiah of the DMV. This is another funny scene. I actually jumped into the recasting mode for a minute. I was oh, like, wow. what if we had the driving instructor played by Chris Farley? Because the way he delivers one of those oh, yeah. lines reminded me of the the van down by the river guy. Yeah. You know, Matt Foley, motivational speaker. Yep. It would be a great cameo appearance. Maybe it would have been too over the top and stuck out like a sore thumb in this movie, but just a couple of lines. I think it would fit. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> no, because doesn't the, the guy's like, girly, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to the DMV, I am God. Or some, some line yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I am the okay. Messiah of right. the DMV. And I just think like Farley delivering that line would have been really funny. I could get behind it. Now, did you pass your driving test on the first try i did not oh yeah actually two failures oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i didn't get two strikes I folks didn't get the this is who i'm doing a podcast with yeah it was hard times i had a lot of anxiety problems i actually passed the driving part the first time i actually failed the to like this... the written oh, test yeah, yeah. part i to this day i i struggle i just have test anxiety if i feel like somebody's watching me do something <laughs> or judging me you know I, I i just like crashed the car into a wall <laughs> it was like dumb shit that i failed for i don't know i went right on red and he was like you know don't don't mess around with that on your driver's test <laughs> oh wow yeah that was kind of rough and then the second time he was like you drove too far to the right on some of these back neighborhood streets like you should have been closer to the center of the road oh it was weirdly critical over like weird shit. Yeah. I just remember the test being pretty easy. They were there's like a unusual emphasis on parallel parking. That yeah. was like a huge part of the test. The weird thing was for me, like the two that I failed, I did like the best parallel parks in my life and then the third one I fucked it up so bad and that was the one that I passed. So I guess they cared less about parallel parking on mine. 
When Cher returns home in a depressed mood, Ty is there already, and she's hanging out with Josh. Never really explained why. And Ty ends up confessing her feelings for Josh and asks Cher to help her in pursuing him. But Cher tells Ty that she's not right for Josh, which sparks a fight between the two that ultimately leads to Ty calling Cher a virgin who can't drive. Oof. Brittany Murphy would later say that she felt weird about delivering that line because she herself was a virgin who could not drive. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit harsh it to is. somebody who yeah. took her under her wing. I would say it's a bomb. But it's an awkward situation because Cher is not ready to admit, like, hey, I'm into Josh because <laughs> and then <laughs> Ty is just like <laughs> Owen Wilson and Royal Tenham. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is sick and gross. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how do you admit that to your friends? Like, oh my God, I want to fuck my brother. Well, especially because it's like Ty, now she's interested in Josh. We already had the weirdness of Elton being into Cher when Ty liked him. Yeah. So, you know, at a certain point, you feel like you're burning the the Ty bridge then. Yeah, obviously Cher doesn't want someone moving in on Josh because now she's interested, even though she hasn't quite admitted that to herself. We have to have a whole scene where she dawns on her That's coming right. up. Yes. I will say, I enjoy this movie a lot. I understand why it's a classic. I know a lot of people love it. It became like a big 90s thing. I could watch it anytime. It's mm-hmm. very rewatchable. They do resolve some of this shit in the most throwaway. I know. Like the Just whole move on. feud yeah. with Ty and Cher, you think is like building up These to segments, some big thing. I know. They come and go so quick. And then it's nothing. Yep. And you're like, well, did Ty really like Josh? Because she seems to move off of it pretty quick. And yeah. Then, you know. Although I do think part of it is like, isn't that just what high school was to some degree? <laughs> yeah. I do think that they needed another scene where we have Ty realize that she needs to just go back to the way she was. Although I have a correcting statement to that. I think that's how high school was for most people. I would just hold a grudge for like the rest of my life. I'm still mad about shit that happened. I'm still in love with the same girls <laughs> from high school. Yeah. No, I'm not. It's time for some self-reflection. Shares on a journey of the soul. <laughs> Things just haven't been going right for her lately. This leads her to consider why she is bothered by Ty's romantic interest in Josh. Of course, she reaches the only possible conclusion. She herself is actually in love with him, which is sick and gross. <laughs> Everything I think and everything I do is wrong. I was wrong about Elton. I was wrong about Christian. Now Josh hated me. It all boiled down to one inevitable conclusion. I was just totally clueless. Oh, and this Josh and Ty thing was wigging me more than anything. I mean, what was my problem? Ty is my pal. I don't begrudge her a boyfriend. I really... Ooh, I wonder if they have that my size. What does she want with Josh anyway? He dresses funny, he listens to complaint rock, he's not even cute, in a conventional way. I mean, he's just like this slug who hangs around the house all the time. Ugh. And he's a hideous dancer. Couldn't take him anywhere. Wait a second, what am I stressing about? This is like Josh. Okay, okay, so he's kind of a Baldwin. But what would he want with Ty? She could make him happy. 
Josh needs someone with imagination, someone to take care of him, someone to laugh at his jokes, in case he ever makes any. Then suddenly, oh my God. I love Josh. I am majorly, totally, but crazy in love with Josh. But now I don't know how to act around him. I mean, ordinarily, I'd strut around him in my cutest little outfits and send myself flowers and candy, but I couldn't do that stuff with Josh. No, I get it. It's so much pent-up sexual feelings. It's like, oh my god, they want to fuck each other so bad. They're just always around each other. That's where the stepbrother, stepsister fantasy comes in. That's why it's so popular as a fantasy, because you're in this situation where you're always around each other. That's right. In these awkward, intimate moments, you know, walking to the shower, leaving the bedroom door ajar, just different things <laughs> that could happen. Yeah. yeah, getting changed or some different stupid shit. I'm talking about in the fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And then you have these two attractive people, Paul Rudd and Alicia Silverstone, and then it's like, God, they just want to fuck each other so bad. You would be driving yourself crazy, especially once you gave in to the feeling, because maybe at first they're like you, and they're like, this is weird, we yeah, can't right. do this, yeah. and then you just give Eventually into it, you're like, I want to do this, I want to do that's this, right. I want to do this. <laughs> yeah. And then you can't think about anything else. <laughs> and now Cher doesn't know what to do. It's awkward around the house. Because she can't employ her usual boy-getting methods of wearing sexy outfits and sending herself gifts. That's just not going to work with Josh. I don't know why, though. It seems like it the would. sexy outfits, I feel like that would always work. Yeah. I mean, he's still a guy. So Cher tries her best to transform into someone she thinks her ex-stepbrother would be interested in. <laughs> See, when you phrase it like that... I know, that's why I phrase right. it like that, because it's funny. Yeah. She pretends to care about the issues. This whole thing with the Pismo Beach oh, Disaster yeah. Relief is its own little inside that's joke. Right. Yeah. That they pick a charity that's like a couple miles up the beach that would probably <laughs> also be white rich people. Yeah, yeah. And the Pismo Beach Disaster is not even real. Right, it's just right. a made up yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> but she becomes captain of this relief team, which I guess just means that they donate shit. I don't I don't really know. There's not really a lot of emphasis on what they're actually doing. A lot of car washes, you know. And Cher decides to make a change when Travis shows up and apologizes for ruining shoes that she's already forgotten about. He invites her to his yeah. skateboarding event, Doing and she's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll come. Step program. Yeah. This high schooler that was just smoking weed. Well, he's donating his bongs, too. That's right. To the Pismo disaster yeah. relief. <laughs> so Cher attends as a friend, and Ty is there as well. No explanation why Ty's there. She seemed like a completely different person. All of a sudden, she's showing up at the skateboarding event. Well, Travis has been carrying the torch for her this whole time. Well, yeah, but she's changed. Well, he oh, she's back to yeah. He di- right. she dismissed him. No, I know, but he's still inviting her to the skateboarding events. It's like I know that you told me to go sit on the grassy knoll, but yeah, he's resilient. And yeah. she's of her own accord decided to show up. So Ty and Cher just make up. <laughs> Another storyline resolved, and it's clear that there's still sparks between. Ty and Travis and Cher, even when she becomes a better person, is always an opportunist and she understands like, oh, okay, well, if she can get back into Travis, then that opens up my my stepbrother for me. (laughs) (laughs) There's a weird little moment, and at this point, we're deep into the movie, and I guess this is just the catalyst event to get Josh and Cher into each other's arms, but 
Cher starts helping out with her dad's new big lawsuit prep work. That's right, yeah. And then that guy just starts flipping out on her. her. Yeah. Which, the balls on that guy. this was, like, really sitting with me. This guy's, like, flipping out even after the point that she leaves because he's still, like, giving Josh shit about it, basically. Yeah. She messed up the papers. I'm going to have to do this all. Mel's going to be so mad. Don't you think Mel's going to be more mad that you berated his daughter? Yeah, look at the life she's living. She got a Jeep before she was 16. I'd be like, for the papers, okay, I might get yelled at by Mel. For yelling at his daughter, I think I'm going to end up in the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For his gruff exterior, she definitely lives like a princess. That's I don't, right. I don't think that Mel's going to take too kindly to this no. guy. I think this guy's I'm just thinking ready it's to like snap. Casino, the baseball bats, <laughs> out in the cornfield. <laughs> For some reason, that guy's in his underwear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This guy, maybe he's got a thing for Cher, too, and he's just like pissed that Josh is... <laughs> And he's just exploding. Every guy that works for Mel. Well, I don't know. He just is like exploding. It does seem and he out has of to know that he's yeah. digging his own grave and he's right. just making it worse and worse. <laughs> and he just keeps going with it. I know. Can't let it go. You two are playing footsies or whatever. <laughs> so mad about it. But the aftermath of this guy yelling at Cher for making some who knows. I didn't. That was that even know. clear to you? No. Like what the issue even was? She separated papers into two different piles, right. and it was like the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to take me a day to correct. The aftermath leads to Josh and Cher following through on their feelings for one another, culminating in a kiss. It's like Halloween 3. He's like, wait, how old are you again? <laughs> After. Yeah, she definitely has a line where it's like, well, you can figure out what happened next, which I guess is the implication that she loses her virginity to him. Yeah, okay. Not supposed to think it's weird, so. <laughs> it's not illegal. Frowned upon, though. Yeah. <laughs> Still frowned upon. Yeah, but what is it these days? <laughs> Ty and Travis start dating. Friendships are all solidified. Murray and Dion still together, still strong. Yeah, it all worked out. All the couples at the wedding of our two teachers from the beginning of the movie. Mr. Hall and Miss Geist circled married back. Yeah. And evidently just. Dis- decide to invite mostly students to their wedding well i thought that was inappropriate but even more inappropriate it seems like Cher is a bridesmaid it's like they want you to somehow understand that the teachers are aware that Cher hooked them up that's yeah. the only explanation that would make any sense or miss geist like her only friend was Cher. friend well, Cher did quotes. volunteer yeah. to start helping for all those causes that that's Ms. true geist cares yeah. about. and they, then i would say they're colleagues at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's almost like Tim Meadows in Mean Girls when he's like afraid of right. Rachel McAdams yeah. too. It's like the teachers are sort of just like in awe of yeah, Cher. Yeah. Right. They're all like, oh, Cher likes me now. I'm cool. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There's a sadness there. I don't know. It's just insane. Can you imagine a teacher asking an active student to be like in her wedding party? I can't even imagine teachers thinking it was appropriate to invite students to their wedding. Totally. That seems weird too. Cher ends up snagging the wedding bouquet, and we end on a kiss. It's a complete scandal. They're just kissing in front of everyone at this wedding. Everyone's just acting like this is normal. Yeah, I always found that scene to be weird when Josh has to sit with Murray and Travis, and they are like, you know, oh, those girls are talking about us kind of a thing. It's like he's supposed to be in college, and he's (laughs) 
hanging with the high school boys. And they're like, isn't she your sister? (laughs) (laughs) Credits. (laughs) Folks, that's your movie. It's Clueless. It's a fun one. So this spun off into a television series that ran from 1996 to 1999. Three seasons, 62 episodes. I watched plenty of it. Oh, yeah. I watched it sporadically. (laughs) Hope not sporadically. (laughs) I was actually disappointed to find that I didn't see it streaming anywhere. That's a shame. I'm going to have to check if it's on DVD because I might need to get it. I'm really interested in watching it because I know I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Well, I guess a teen, whatever. Possible future give us a second? No, probably not. No, that's a shame. A lot of people from the cast do return, although no Alicia Silverstone, no Paul Rudd, and only one episode from Brittany Murphy, although she's not playing Ty, so I'm imagining it came deeper into the show's run, and she's just doing like a goofy guest star okay. appearance or something. I'm interested, though. I don't know that anyone took over the role of Ty, but there was a new share, obviously, played by Rachel Blanchard. That's right. And... There was a new Josh, although I I wasn't super familiar with with that guy who was playing the new Josh. The biggest compliment I can give to it, despite the fact that I don't remember any episodes or what it was really like, is that I do associate the character of Cher equally with Rachel Blanchard as I do with Alicia Silverstone, because I watched the show so much that she just sort of turned into Cher after a while. I mean, it is cool that they had this movie that became a series and most of the cast is in the series. Yeah, by the time the show ended, Stacey Dash was like in her mid-30s yeah. still playing like a high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in October of 2019, it was announced that CBS would be adapting the film into a drama series. The series would be centered around Dion after Cher goes missing oh. and is described by Deadline as a, quote, baby pink and bisexual blue-tinted tiny sunglass-wearing oat milk latte and Adderall-fueled look at what happens when the high school queen bee, Cher, disappears and her lifelong number two Dion steps into Cher's vacant Air Jordans, which I didn't what? love. They didn't, never wore shoes like that. Although I guess times change. On August 14, 2020, it was moved to NBC Universal streaming service known as Peacock. That's a weird sense. Okay. In May 2021, it was reported that the series would not be moving forward at Peacock and would be redeveloping at CBS Studios. All right. This is sounding like development hell. Yeah, it's the, it's kind of sounding like it's not going anywhere. Yeah. I don't love that idea. It's... I only love it if Stacey Dash was playing Dion. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, one more time. Yeah. I don't know. We've talked plenty about reboots. We know that they're never... The announcement I'm is the good. big deal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, They can just keep making announcements. That would be They fine. should just keep moving it for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Especially, I'm sorry, the demotion. You're not even doing a new Clueless movie. It has yeah. to be a TV thing. Like, come on. Hard to get hyped about that. I get that they maybe don't want to do like a, a comeback with the original cast without Brittany Murphy. It would maybe be too much of a weird obstacle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's a lighthearted show, and then you're just going to have to think about how she's not in it, that kind of a thing. That's weird. I don't know. It's a weird angle. But yeah, I was seeing people review the new stupid Home Alone that's on Disney+. Plus. They're I don't like, know well, about this. Okay. Macaulay Culkin has started acting again. Obviously, Catherine O'Hara is a, a damn legend now. That's right. Yeah. 
why not just do a new Home Alone with the original people? Yeah, and have it be Macaulay Culkin who's Home Alone again. It's like forty. <laughs> well, I think you'd probably make it like his kid or something. Yeah, yeah. But then you'd have Grandma in the mix or something. What are you doing? What? What? Vincent stopped making picks. Well, how am I going to know what movies to see? We have a wide variety of Gene picks. Gene's trash. I'm Gene. All right, let's move on to recommendations. I think we were just going to talk about the same movie together. That's right. A movie that I didn't even want to see at first. I was like, oh, God, this I trailer dragged you to is it, horrible. Kicking and screaming. I thought the trailer looked cool. <laughs> but it was a pleasant surprise. I changed my mind, though. Yeah, I yeah. told you that, and you're like, well, Lindsay was to see it, too. So then I was like a third wheel on that. Oh, scene. I don't think that's fair. Lindsay was the third wheel. I mean, it was her night. She picked it, but come on. <laughs> So the movie we're talking about is Spencer, the Princess Diana movie starring Kristen Stewart. What's the director's name? Like Pablo Lorraine or something? Yeah, like yeah. That? Who directed Jackie, which I never saw. I did and see I heard that. Was boring. I did see that. I did think it was boring. I thought this had like way more flair than Jackie. Yeah, this movie is gorgeous looking. Absolutely, which is shocking. But the weirder thing is that it's not really a biopic. No. It just picks this like one Christmas weekend that's type right. thing, and that's it. And it's completely insane. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a weird movie. It's very claustrophobic. You're like right up on top of her. Kristen Stewart delivers this performance. She's almost like manic. Insane. Yeah. I don't know if it's good or bad. I think it's good because it's captivating. That's you right. can't take your eyes off of it, but it is weird. Well, both like the cinematography and the score were like off the charts, I thought. Yeah, it ends up being. A pretty entertaining movie. It's not going to be for everybody. No, no. It's one of those movies where the critics' scores are like up in the 80s and the audience is down at like 50%. I'm pretty sure in that crowd that we were with, which was actually a pretty healthy-sized crowd, I think we probably liked it the most. Okay, yeah. I definitely got a vibe there was after the movie ended that people were like, what is this? Reactions, yeah. Because it's not what you would expect. It's right. not a biopic. It all takes place over a couple of days. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I thought that it was going to be a a brief period of time, but more than just like one weekend. It was very contained. Yeah, I didn't really know what to expect, but I would have guessed more of like a biopic. I really had no idea. I guess this is probably Kristen Stewart's big chance, or at least her first big chance at winning an Academy Award. I don't know that there's like a ton of other big performances yet that people are talking about. Well, of course, we're... Long-time Kristen Stewart fans, I would say. Yeah, I've always liked Kristen Stewart. I was never like big into the Twilight stuff, but... No, come on. Well, I did see all of them. <laughs> but I've always loved her since Adventureland, that's yeah, yeah. for sure. Right. I was a big fan of Personal Shopper, which I thought was yeah. like, a really cool movie. And she's a pretty prolific actress. I mean, she's in a lot of shit. Yeah, I know that you were like a big Charlie's Angels reboot fan. That's right, yeah. You're just buying a ticket to anything Elizabeth Banks directs. Absolutely. Right there. Yes. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, but it, it's probably not what you're thinking. It's not for everyone. I found it to be very entertaining. It's almost like a a pitch black comedy yeah. at times. You can't help but laugh at that's, some of the absurdity true, yeah. of it. It's also super emotional. If you don't times. know the real life basis for what's happening, you would think that she's awful. It's true. Yeah. You're like, she's making such a big deal out of like stupid shit. They do sort of explain it where they reveal like, oh, yeah, Charles is having this affair. And then Camilla is like at the church and it's like a whole thing. 
But at first, you're just like, get it the fuck together. Like, I know. It is not that bad. Right. <laughs> she just makes everything into like this huge deal. But when you know the real life story, you're like, okay, I get where the perspective is. Like, I, I understand what's happening here. Yeah. There were moments where I was feeling like it was fading towards the, the boring side a little bit. I, I was hitting there. But then I was totally back in for the end. Yeah, I don't know that I was ever bored, but it did lose me a little bit for a minute or two. I was like, oh, I don't like where this is headed. But yeah, the ending is hilarious and yeah. just insane. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been the surprise of the year so far. Yeah, for as sure. As far as entertainment. Yep. And considering you score like everything so low that's like new, this has to be like your top rated movie of the year. Yeah, I think so. Which is insane in and of itself i liked it better than green knight yeah i'll say it well it, it's definitely up there for me but I, I definitely like t-tain more yeah which you scored lower by a half a star i mean let's not act like the well, valley between the two i'm locking those in so dramatic locked in. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of cool shit coming out too obviously we're really looking forward to licorice pizza and uh, the new paul verhoeven movie which we saw part of a trailer oh, i know for. yeah Goddamn, Biggest Lindsay had to go to the bathroom. Bummer of we the night. The fucking yeah. Benedetta trailer. <laughs> they better have that at our theater. I'm going to fucking lose it. Yeah. All right, All folks. Right. Thanks for listening. Clueless. We are in it. There's going to be, hopefully, a special episode coming your way on Thanksgiving. And that will be episode number 250, believe it or not. Wow. So thank you so much for, for sure. the support, everyone. It's incredible. We'll talk more about that on Thanksgiving. Follow us on Twitter at GreatestPod. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. Give us a rating and review. Let us know if you'd like a sticker. Follow us on Letterboxd, and you can see Matt's review of Spencer. <laughs> yeah, really. Lighten up the charts. Or my glowing four-star review as well. Zach1983. Matt Crosby. And we'll talk to you soon. Saturday morning, take the train for a ride. The sun is out. I got the homies by my side. Rolling down the street with my 16 Swifters hitting corners on beach. Steady dipping. I hang right at the light, ready to have fun. Then I bust a left on the one, two, one. Pull it in the park and lay it on the grass. I roll back the rag so I can see some ass. Block one, sister, 15's in the rear. Bumping 40 feet so y'all can hear. I hit some up for the circle. Got some living crowbars in the house and got us on the mission. You can be blood or you can see Crippin' food, but I ain't tripping. My homie Snoop drinks the dinner juice and that's all right for the coolio with the flow. Sip the yak on
There's a whole pack of rats that's standing in the front. So I drops the ass and let the sister bump. It comes with her. She's on the tip. She says she like the way my woofers kick. But I don't fall in love with every girl I see. So I pass up two and go straight to three. She got a ass like the back of a bus, cuz. And that's why I say you ain't Chris with trust. I let her hit my joint and got straight to the point. What's up? Do you want to kick it or what? I ain't got time to be front. I ain't talking about nothing. There's a little something strong. If you're fine, you won't run. I don't want to be your man, but I'll hook Yeah, that premature ejaculation saved his life.